a needle up the vagina. Ah, freaking amazing girlies, gays, days, fairies, whatever you identify as. Welcome back to this week's episode of Stipping and Spilling with Suze. I'm Suze and I would like to cordially apologise for shortchanging you guys last week. There was no new episode last week. I am so very sorry. Honestly, you would have hated it because, how do I put this? Suzanne's headspace was really bad last week. For no real reason, I was just waking up very angry and aggressive And then I was getting very low because I don't like being angry. So then I was like, fuck, I hate myself. And then pure depths of despair come in to, you know, take over. And trying to record an episode when you're not feeling your best is so difficult because you're really like forcing yourself to hit those marks. Like you're like, come on, pump yourself up. It's like, yeah, hi guys and welcome. It's very Disney Channel. It's very non-authentic. So there was no episode last week. Muchos apologizos. I am so sorry, but it has to be done. You know, she preaches about mental health. It would be weird if I never had to take a break due to mental health. Acting as if this is a professional podcast and that people actually care when I miss an episode. Thanks so much, guys. We love an inflated ego. We love the delusionality of it all. Thank you so much. Because we missed last week, this week is going to be jam-packed. It is jammy, 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 packy, packy, packy. Here we go. Into the notes. Into the notes section. What you can look forward to in this episode is I had a psychotic breakdown at the Aviva. I met up with Sershi Baby. Sorry, that was last. That was two weeks ago. Convinced I need to do a parasite cleanse. Myself and Helen are fantastic gym buddies. A little bit freaked that I might be abusive. The green line test. I don't know if anyone knows about that. I'm like really, really into the green line test. I had a very interesting encounter with my sushi and the delivery. Hashtag me running up my estate and like drowning on my own lungs. My dad and oranges. I had a very interesting gynecologist. I think I might, do I sound really American in this? Fuck it, I don't really care. I had a very interesting, interesting experience at the gynecologist, guys, okay? Spoiler alert. Things are going up my vagina and not in a fun, cute way. Lara is back this week. Lara is back in Arlande. Du say pois, so happy. I have met up with her, guys. It was like soul cleansing seeing her. It was like, God, there was a bit of insecurity beforehand. We'll get into it. We'll talk about it. Don't worry. I've had a few job interviews. Oh, <gasps> what I know literally last not the week before the last episode I was literally like I'm never applying for jobs again I don't want to I just want to be stay at home and like have a good time she's doing it she has I actually have a job interview the day this comes out but I also start a work trial thing on Monday so yeah I have a job interview even though I'm starting a trial with another job next week she's playing the field okay she's being spicy she's treating it like she would treat dating playing the field that's just baloney baloney oh i met up with hannah oh hannah's the best it was very soul soulful meetup like we went shopping suzanne bought two leather jackets like real leather jackets i'm in my spending era i won't lie it's not that i have a problem with spending I have the funds and I'm completely capable of doing it. It's just I haven't, I was not very good at spending before and now I'm getting really good at it. 
And finally, we'll end the topic on a very serious discussion that I had with my parents about trauma. So as I mentioned last week, I was really angry. And that is because I've been working with my therapist on childhood trauma. And I have very unresolved feelings towards that trauma and I'll get into it more later but no sorry I don't think it needs a trigger warning but just in case at the end of the podcast we will be talking childhood trauma so there you go but like the rest of the podcast feels kind of fun unless you've got trauma about your vagina and things going up it other than a penis or finger or sex toy it's a needle guys spoiler alert it's a needle anyway let's get into the episode this is where I would cue my theme music but I really don't have any so it's just going to be me doing this that would not be my theme music at all I don't know why I did that I'm in a very good mood we love that for me so yeah that's right I had a psychotic breakdown at the Aviva it wasn't full-blown for anyone who doesn't know what a psychotic breakdown is it's basically when you lose touch with reality It's kind of like entering another dimension, kind of. So it's hallucinations and paranoia, mostly. I'm sure other people experience it in other ways, but for me, it's hallucinations and paranoia. So I hear things, I see things, I feel things that aren't there, and I get extremely paranoid. So it's usually for me triggered by like loud bangs, flashing lights, people screaming, crowds or if someone hits like an emotional button of mine you know if someone hits on something that I am very sensitive about I could go psychotic it's it's difficult to like explain what me being psychotic is because for me I don't fully remember it like I I only get it in like flashes because I'm my rational brain's not really there and obviously it's a lot I think it's a lot scarier for the people around me so my mom and dad when it first started happening my dad like when I was having psychotic breakdown so I've been hallucinating since I was 16 but it's just it's gotten worse and worse and worse and I'm now at a point where, well, I've actually, guys, I've gotten better. No, it did get to the point where I was hallucinating every day. I was not in touch with reality whatsoever. And I believed that there were people in my house, in my wardrobe, that sort of thing. So I had a psychotic breakdown at the Aviva. It wasn't a full-blown one because the beauty of my BPD is because I am such a people pleaser, I'm like able to suck it back in and it's always to my own detriment. Like it's never, it's not good to suck in. I don't know why I'm saying suck in. It's not good to like hold in a psychotic breakdown and pretend it's not happening because when you eventually let in, let it in or like let it happen, it's 10 times worse. But with my BPD, I am able to... um swallow it in sometimes so it was triggered by there was these really loud cannons before the match started and I was alone Eve had gone to get drinks and I was alone and I'm pretty sure I I didn't actually wet my pants but I was so certain I did wet my pants when it happened because I actually spilled some wine on myself and then I was like no I've pissed myself I'm so scared what is that what's going on my mouth was definitely like hanging open I was terrified and then there was a man behind me throughout the entire match who just kept talking about his fucking life his kids and it wasn't necessarily it nothing was to do with the match and it was also low-key like stuff that is kind of triggering like he was talking about his daughter's weight gain with a mate 
why why are you doing that and then he was also talking about like his childhood and he was like i wasn't a clever growing up and stuff and i was just like why are you discussing have this chat afterwards at pints you know have this chat at pints during the match either talk about the match or just watch the match and be quiet eve doesn't like when me and eve go to matches together eve's like such a person for like she says all the right things you know like when they're doing when they're doing a scrum she's like heave and i'm always like ho ho like i never know what the correct thing is to say at a rugby match because i'm just saying my own thing i'm not i'm not a crowd player i am a one woman show and yeah eve was like you know that's not what they're saying and i was like i don't give a fuck i'm following my own script i'm doing my own thing eve noticed that i was actually going a bit um psychotic going a bit bonkers no it's not actually bonkers anyway and i'm terrible at knowing when to take my medication because of the paranoia it tells you these things are happening there's no point taking your medication these things are happening and medication won't stop it like there is bugs crawling behind your eyes that sort of thing so eve was like eve helped me take my meds she was like you should take some medication and i was like eh so the medication I'm on, I'm on, they're called major tranquilizers. I'm on them slow release, but then obviously the short release ones are my emergency tablets. And my doctor's like, take as many as, as you need to. Because the beauty is you can't overdose on those tablets. Because they just, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they made a tablet that it's like impossible to overdose on. But they did it. And I'm so proud of the medical scientists of the world. I stuck in my earphones as well during the match and was playing music in my ears really loud just because that kind of helps with if I if I'm hearing things going on around me because how you know you're psychotic is it's not in your head like obviously it is in your head but you don't hear it from inside your head you hear it from around you for me putting in earphones can help it doesn't they don't go away I also know when I'm psychotic when I can talk back to them without having to say a word out loud and they can answer me. That's how I know. That's another way I know that I am going psychotic. If I can have a conversation with this person who isn't there without saying a word, like just think the think the things, and they'll answer me out loud. Earphones in, two sedatives, major tranquilizers, my wine. I was already drinking wine. I'm not going to tell you to drink on antidepressants or major tranquilizers or any of that medication. I am going to say that my doctors have given me the all clear to drink. I don't drink that much, but my doctors have given me the all clear because I'm on this medication for life that it's like, they're saying it's okay, okay? I'm not saying you should drink on your medication, but please don't tell me you shouldn't drink on your medication. Oh my fucking God, no. Like, do you not care about your mental health? Shut up shut up I have done the time in paths and I have been cleared to drink please if you are not a medical professional don't tell me don't tell me how to how to do my my illness it really irks me when people are like you know you really shouldn't drink I'm like do you know that for a fact sorry do you know that no you don't know that god I'm getting so triggered oh my god it's kind of similar when people give out to me for smoking and they're like smoking kills and I'm like here is the big thing for me. If I die from lung cancer, that is so impressive. My condition that I have due to the medication I'm on, due to my brain function, my psychotic levels, due to all that, my life expectancy is heavily reduced. We're talking we're talking in less than 10 years. My life expectancy is is there's the deadline. So 
And also, fun fact about nicotine. Nicotine really helps with slowing down. Slowing down the increase in which you change from emotion to emotion. And I'm really struggling to explain this because I hadn't planned on talking about it. So I don't have the, the notes in front of me. Basically, for me, smoking, nicotine slows down the emotional change and the psychosis quicker than my medication would obviously the medication does a better job at it but I will always have a cigarette if I'm in public and I'm going and I'm feeling myself slipping because it's just it's what I do it's so funny because in uh, when you're in a hospital for like physical health they're like don't smoke don't smoke don't smoke smoking's bad smoking kills as soon as you are in a mental health hospital have you tried smoking and do you think smoking helps you would you consider trying smoking like in a mental health hospital smoking is it's very important I (laughs) like there's a reason there's a fucking reason why you have to be cleared to go out to walk in the garden but not to go out to the smoking area there's a reason I'm just gonna say that they are and another thing that also helps with me when I'm going psychotic is when I'm at home I'll hold an ice pack or I'll go for a nice cold shower can't do that in public so I went to the bathrooms and I just raw I like turned on the cold tap and I ran the cold water over my wrists for I'd say I was in the bathroom for like 15 minutes I'm not joking just running cold water over my wrists people were coming in and probably being like what the hell is this girl doing so cold water over my wrists my wrists when I go psychotic they do feel like they're going to burst that's why I've always had such a freaky I've always had such a freaky reaction to wrists I hate wrists I've gotten a lot better at it but even when I was like 11 and like a teacher would be wearing bracelets and they kept like clinking off her wrist I would be like oh my god I'm gonna be sick this is so gross but I've gotten a lot better at it because when you go to a mental health hospital they could some of them do wrist checks they check your wrists I'll let you put the two and two together yeah and then finally my final step for calming down a psychotic breakdown this has nothing to do with calming down a psychotic breakdown this is just something I tend to do I take loads of pictures of my face because I'm convinced that I'm like metamorphosizing into the sum terrifying creature i am convinced that i shapeshift i have drawn this creature for my therapist and i've shown it to my family and stuff and it's this terrifying ugly creature it's like a beast but it is how do i say it is quite i can see it and a few members of my family not everyone can see how i'm how i see myself in this beast as in it everything that i'm insecure about my face this creature has to a much heightened extent. For example, I'm really insecure about my wobbly nose, my long wobbly nose, and this creature has a really long wobbly nose, for example. So I always take photos of myself. Fun fact about the Aviva bathrooms, they have basically ring lights in them. The Aviva bathrooms have ring lights. It might just be the women's. Maybe it was just the section I was in. I don't think so. They have like ring lights. So she got some very good photos of herself check them out on instagram at Suze the muse i have oh i have so many posts in my draft on my instagram i also have so many drafts in my tiktok but instagram i get so much more insecure about posting on instagram i think it's because tiktok i'm hiding behind my personality like there is never really a tiktok where i'm like going for aesthetic going for like a vibe because i really don't believe that i am aesthetic like i don't think that i have an aesthetic face or any of that sort of thing so i'm just a loud mouth 
Hence the fact I have a podcast and not like a YouTube channel. The face is not where it's at for me. For me, it's like the voice, the brain, what she's saying. That's where I come from. That's where my funniness is. I find it so much easier posting on TikTok than it is on Instagram, but I have so many drafts in my Instagram that I just need to post. But I'm really scared that like someone who I'm trying to impress, i.e. someone who I'm like applying for a job for, is gonna be like, why is it all selfies? Why is it only pictures of herself? Does she not have any friends? Here's the thing, I do. I feel very insecure in photos with other people. Ah, I do, I feel really insecure in photos where I'm with another person because I'm like, whoa. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on a hill. Taylor's version, Suzanne's version, they they line up so well. Yeah, so that was a, I can't believe I've basically, it's now like 20 minutes in and all I've talked about is having a psychotic breakdown in the Aviva. On some occasions, I, I have worse psychotic breakdowns when I don't eat for the day because I struggled with anorexia and bulimia. Growing up, I'm now in recovery and once you're in recovery, you're like always in recovery. You're either going through it or you're in recovery there's never anything post recovery you're never fully healed it's kind of like being an alcoholic it's more difficult because obviously with alcoholism when you're not drinking you're sober there it's very black and white you're either not drinking and you're sober or you're drinking and you're off the wagon while with eating disorders it's more difficult because like we can't diet if you're in recovery for an eating disorder it's so particularly if you really struggled with one, medical professionals and professional help will always tell you not to go on any sort of restrictive diet because you will, you'll fall back into the headspace. You will. So a lot of people, even though I'm dairy free, I eat lots of vegetarian meals. I would never go vegan or vegetarian because I just know that I would take it to an extreme in the same way why I would never, I'm not able to go on any of those diets. I could never do keto. I could never do any of those sort of, even like a, I can't even do the five days good in quotation marks, two days bad. I can't do that. I need to just, I need to be at peace with my body and I need to let my body eat how she wants to eat and not restrict her in any ways because it's very damning to me. But there are days where I end up restricting my food just because I'm either stressed or I'm in such a like depressive headspace. I don't even, I can't even think about food. I don't even remember food exists. And then psychosis always gets worse because the more tired your brain is, the more exhausted, the less fuel there is to go into your brain, the more likely psychosis and really any mental problem as in anxiety or anything like that will crop up worse however on match day match day she ate she was eating well she was doing good so I had my cereal in the morning golden nuggets actually also that weekend Michal just stayed over in my house and we've joked about that before about how like when he comes home from Galway he'll just stay in my house for the weekend instead of his own but he really did just stay in my house like obviously he went back to his own house in the middle of the day But both nights that he was in Dublin, he was staying in my house. So, and also, this is really weird. He actually now listens to the podcast. I don't know if he does. We had a conversation where he didn't, he didn't even know that I was back recording. And so when people kept asking like, oh, Suzanne, how's the podcast going? He was kind of like, this was two years ago, people. Let it go. He didn't know that we were back uploading. I think it's because he's not on Instagram and he's terrible at listening to me no he's actually a really good listener just only when it's like important stuff otherwise he will not remember anything 
that I say. So he was staying over my house. Michal thinks my, the cereal I eat, he genuinely thought it was called Puff Daddies. Puff Daddies. He thought the cereal I ate for breakfast many mornings a week was called Puff Daddies. They're called golden nuggets. I think everyone knows what they are. They're the little yellow chunks boulders I don't know of cereal they're full of sugar I love them as a child I love them as an adult I don't have them every morning I don't have there's very few food now that I have every single day because like I said I get into because if I end up having cereal every day it'll get to the point where I only have cereal so I just it's <laughs> being on top of my myself is very difficult but I do it anyway so then I had my morning meds with apple juice the apple juice I currently have guys it's so good it's my favorite apple juice it's apple ginger and lemon juice it's so delicious there's no added sugar or anything and it feels so cleansing and I think like the only time was I've ever had orange juice was when I was a child and I was at a sleepover at someone's house and I'd be too embarrassed to say oh I'm allergic to oranges and I would drink orange juice and then I'd go home to my mom and I'd like basically be one massive blister and yeah so that's the only time I've ever really had orange juice but I think apple lemon and ginger because of the lemon it kind of is like orange juice I think like it's got that zing I'm really not basing that off much I've, I've only had orange juice as a child and it was just because I was too shy <sighs> I just had a lovely water break I'm drinking juice right now blackcurrant and apple because blackcurrants and apples they're not high in histamines oh my god will I just get into a weird food deep dive okay I will so I am allergic to a lot of foods. I'm allergic to oranges, kiwis. I'm severely allergic to dairy. I'm trying to think of anything else I'm allergic to. So when I say I'm allergic to oranges, I don't just mean oranges. I mean orange juice, anything with orange coloring, all those things, because I'm actually also allergic to the chemicals. I'm allergic to the caramel chemical, but that didn't stop me as a child. I was still eating it. And I'm now like, I now just eat it and deal with the fact that my body will blister. Oh, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. I used to eat Maltesers back before I was allergic to dairy. I would eat Maltesers even though I was allergic to like the inside of a Malteser and crunchies and all those like honeycomb things that have like the caramel extract in it. I would eat all of those and then like be walking around school. Sarah would be like, you're not supposed to eat those. You're allergic. And I'm like, oh, give a fuck. And then be sitting in geography class, scratching my blistering hived body. Why did, why was I not the most popular girl in school? I don't know. I don't know. She seems so fun and sexy, doesn't she? I don't know what my classmates, my peers, my teachers were thinking when I was like fully like my arms would be like covered in like blistering hives and I would just be like scratching away I don't know what they thought they probably thought god that girl has rabies or something but yeah so I'm allergic to a long list of things I am histamine sensitive that sounds bizarre to say so histamine the histamines in your body is actually what makes you come out when allergic reactions to things so I am very his histamine sensitive and if I have too much stuff with histamines, I will come out in a reaction. So loads of fruit are really high in histamines. So like strawberries, raspberries. Now I can't think of any other fruit names. Cold meat, like sliced meat, cold meat, day old meat. They're really high in histamines. It's kind of, oh, I can't, I really can't have any beverage that has like a color to it sorry alcoholic so I can have gin vodka I'm not really supposed to have wine but I still do because wine and beers because of their fermenting period their histamine levels are way higher so when I was I think I was like 
19 and I had to go on a histamine cleanse, which I was also in the middle of an eating disorder. So I was like, game four. I was so ground with it. When you're on a histamine cleanse, it is so fucking restrictive. I don't recommend it if you have an eating disorder. I don't really recommend it even if you don't have an eating disorder. The strictness of a histamine cleanse is terrifying. So I was on a histamine cleanse when I for a month. It's a month long thing. And it's to like cleanse your body of all the histamines that you've built up because I'm very histamine sensitive and that's why I come out in a lot of reactions to other foods. So on my histamine cleanse, I was literally allowed to eat rice, pasta, fresh vegetables, like raw vegetables and like vodka. I'm not joking. It was so restrictive. I hated it. I was only allowed to drink water or vodka or gin, but I wasn't drinking. I wasn't really in my gin phase then. It was, it's so restrictive. It's terrifying. I was, I went out to dinner for Sarah's birthday and I could not eat anything and her family were having wine. Obviously it was her birthday and I was drinking straight vodka. I was drinking straight vodka because I couldn't, couldn't drink anything. I was literally only allowed to have like rice, pasta and everything had to be like fresh. Preservatives are really high in histamines. I don't actually know how they calculate these things, but it's something to do with it. It's something to do with non-fresh food is really high in histamines. So like I couldn't have sliced meat. I couldn't have jam. I couldn't have anything that came out of a tin. It was so Gwyneth Paltrow. It was so toxic, healthy in inverted commas. I hated it. I loved it. I loved it because my eating disorder was like feeding off this validation that it was told, no, you're right to not eat. Eat nothing. But no, it was. it's really difficult. Your body becomes so weak after doing it, even though I was doing it for medical reasons to cleanse my body of histamines. Tomatoes. Tomatoes themselves aren't high in histamine, but you create histamine within your own body and tomatoes increase the amount of histamine your body creates. Is that confusing enough? I think so. I think that was a weird deep dive into a histamine cleanse. Where I, why did I get into that? I was. I think I was telling you guys that I did eat the day of the match. Yes, yeah, so I had my cereal, Puff Daddy's golden nuggets, my morning meds with apple, lemon, and ginger juice. Then I had a glass of wine at the match, two sedatives, another glass of wine when we got to myself and Eve went to Ballsbridge Pizza for lunch. So fucking good. So fucking good, guys. I fucking love. I actually really like pizza, but I don't like I only like fresh pizza. Granted, she does eat takeaway pizza when she's like drunk, but she would never I would never make my own pizza. I just wouldn't because I only like fresh Italiano pizza. It's such bullshit. So I had a marinara pizza, Ballsbridge pizza. So fucking good, guys. The sauce, the base. There was none of that annoying, you know, when you hold up a pizza slice and it like hangs. There was none of that. It was a solid base. Like it could hold itself up. And it wasn't like a really thick base that it could hold itself up. I don't like a thick base. I like a thin base. I like garlicky tomato-y sauce with lots of basil. Basil, basil. And most times I don't get cheese on my pizza because... I'm getting a marinara or because vegan cheese can be gross. Like sometimes I do just get the vegan cheese one if they have it. Sometimes they don't. So marinara is my go-to pizza order. I was actually, sorry, completely a different story. I was in Bambino Pizza. Bambino. It's just off Grafton Street. It's across from the Grafton Hotel. I think that's a really good description. It's kind of along, it's along the same line as the Harry Lemon and Massa. So like, you know the area, Bambino. And it's New York style pizza. So you get one slice. Really good. Really nice. Not my favorite pizza ever, but it was lovely. And oh my God, the Coca-Cola. The Coca-Cola was delicious. 
so tasty. It was because it's like the machine Coca-Cola, like the ones you get in McDonald's. It was like that. It wasn't a can. It wasn't a bottle. It was the machine one. And I love that stuff. Hug it to my veins. Yum, yum, yum. Okay. And then myself and Eve went to Horshow House. Yeah, we went to Horshow House to meet with Hall. I got myself a vodka white. I'm really in my vodka phase. I love vodka. Vodka white is my favorite. And then I'll have a vodka tonic, but like I'm not very fussy. And then I also had a Coca-Cola because sedatives make you really tired. Shocking that something that sedates you makes you tired. Also makes you so hungry because your body is trying to like counterbalance everything inside it that's telling it to go to sleep. So it's like, I need more energy. I need food. So I had a Coca-Cola and then I had chips, even though I had lunch already. I don't care. I'm not going to apologize for this. And then Michal got a chicken curry, but it was disgusting. And I couldn't actually have the chicken curry because there was dairy in it. But I was stealing. I literally ate his rice and poppadons. Like he had like one bite of his curry and he was like, that's disgusting. And I just ate all of his rice with the poppadons. Like I just scooped it up. Eve got taco fries. I fucking hate taco fries. I can't eat them because they've got that gross melted cheese on them. The really like plasticky looking cheese. It gross. Then I had a vodka tonic. Then I had a few Siggy Reddies. I know I'm literally saying I don't drink that much. Actually, I don't drink that much. I don't consider this a lot of drink. Then I had another vodka tonic, vodka white. I'm not entirely sure like whether it was vodka tonic or vodka white because I was just giving me all my card and he was just going up and ordering and I'm not very fussy, so I don't really care. And I was also having lots of cigarettes because I'm a cigarette kind of gal. And myself and me we share cigarettes when we go out. So like usually one of us, only one of us will bring a pack it's usually me and I usually have a lighter. I forgot my lighter this time. So we're like sharing a packet of cigarettes. So it's very much like him being like, oh, can I have a cigarette? And then I'm like, yeah, I want one too. Anyway, then we went home. The three of us headed home, myself, Eve and Michal headed home. We got some takeaway pizza. Eve didn't because she's like healthy queen. No, I think she went like straight to bed. I think she was also kind of sick of mine and Michal's shit. Like cause we were like, we turned into kids. We're like laughing, making practical jokes. We're big losers. Who cares? So we got four-star pizza. I don't know. I would never have considered myself a four-star pizza girly. It was really good though. So I got a small vegan pizza and then I put pepperoni on it. So it was no longer vegan. Um, Michal just got a large margarita. Boring. And then I got chicken tenders as well because those are also dairy-free. I will never be vegetarian because I love chicky, chicky nuggies so much, but I respect it. I respect people that are vegetarian and vegan. Good for you, not me. I'm gonna eat meat, yell at me. I'm really grateful for vegans out there because I can't have dairy. So there's so many things that are vegan because like vegan society that I can then have. I had the grossest vegan, oh, so bad, the vegan sausage roll from Wooden Spoon and Black Rock. I hated it. Ugh, it was supposed to be like a faux, there was supposed to be faux sausage in it and it was supposed to be like a spicy faux sausage. It was spicy pumpkin and it was like pumpkin puree. It was gross. I hated it. I'm in, I'm getting very, I don't want to say I'm really hungry. I'm having the oddest of cravings. So like yesterday in town, I almost bought myself a hot dog. Me eating a hot dog, it just wouldn't happen I'm not I wouldn't eat a hot dog particularly not in public I just the last time I had a hot dog I was in New York which is like fine because it's okay to eat a hot dog in New York walking around Dublin city eating a hot dog I don't think that's okay I don't think people are for it so but I'm having really weird cravings it's because I'm really hungry because I'm taking I'm taking a lot more suppressants 
Uh, I'm taking a lot more sedatives because I've been really in my feels kind of angry very irrational that I'm taking more sedatives so you get more hungry it's just the way it is and I'm really learning not to be self-conscious of being hungry and not to be self-conscious of weight gain due to increased eating because of my medication there's nothing I can do about it and there's no point being angry at myself for something that's out of my control moving on we're 40 minutes in and Suzanne has spent it babbling about food and a psychotic breakdown what is she like who is she who is this girl sorry that's actually all I am food and a psychotic breakdown it's like my personality like I mentioned myself and Sershi baby met up two weeks ago myself and Sershi became friends through day hospital here is the funnest part though we're basically drag queens we're not drag queens I think I think Sersha should become a drag queen. Like, just, like, she has that humor. She can dance. She's fun. I feel like everyone knows her from TikTok. She's very TikTok famous. I always refer to her as my drag baby. And it's because, like, we both put on a face of makeup and go out and face the world. I think that's very drag. Like, living with mental health issues. If you do, you should watch Drag Race. I think you'll really enjoy it. I don't know where I'm supposed to go with this excerpt. Oh, other than... Dear waiters and waitresses, don't be so fucking difficult, okay? Don't be so fucking difficult. There we go. There we go. We had a waitress. I don't know what it was. She just like wasn't listening to what Saoirse was saying. Like Saoirse was trying to order a drink and she was like, no, you should have this. And so then when I turned to the waitress, I was like, okay, can we just get this? Like exactly what Saoirse had said. And she was like, yeah, okay. I don't know why. I don't know why she listened to me and not Saoirse. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, if you have a mental illness, you're not alone. It's good to have friends with mental illnesses because you're able to talk. But steer clear of being friends with people with mental illnesses who make it a competition because that's gonna make you worse, okay? So just be careful. There's my like weird PSA. Like not everyone you meet in mental health hospital is meant to be your friend. Just leave it at that. There we go. I'm convinced I need to do a parasite cleanse convinced i really think i've got a parasite i think there's one in my brain and i think there's one in my stomach and it's because i'm on parasite tiktok and when i said it to eve eve was like oh yeah with the worm coming out of the bear's ass and i was like no i'm on the side of parasite tiktok where it's like girls who have gone on a parasite cleanse and like talking about how great it was or girls who are like so i was in bali and now i think i have a parasite let's do a cleanse it's that that i'm seeing i don't have any reason to have a parasite i don't eat fruit at all like i don't eat fruit particularly not on wash fruit i've never been to mexico bali anywhere really that like i think you would get a parasite from what are the other what are the other oh sorry the one thing that i do have is signs of having a parasite is like bloating extreme weight gain and extreme weight loss so i'm like me even though we both we all know why i am gaining weight medication and increased appetite we all know why i'm bloated I have adenomyosis. I have literal internal bleeding going on. I don't have a parasite. I'm convinced. I'm low-key trying to get my sisters to do it with me. I don't like doing those things by myself. I don't like doing anything really by myself. I tried to get Michal to do the salt water cleanse with me, which is like you basically chug a liter of salt water and apparently like cleans out all your insides. Obviously, we weren't going to do it like together, together in the same house. No, we were just going to do it together at the same time. Like he'd be in his house, I'd be in mine. We're not like going through it through together. But oh my God, wait, is this like a perfect transition? Oh, I've just done a perfect transition, guys. So like how I was saying, I don't like doing anything by myself, particularly with anything healthy, i.e. a cleanse. I don't like going to the gym by myself. And I said this on a few episodes back. 
guys, myself and Helen, it's all Helen. Helen came up with it. Helen, she is the mind behind the beauty. So we go to the gym at the same time. We're in completely different countries. She is in London. I am in Dublin. But we text each other being like, oh, I'm going to the gym tonight. And we both go to the gym and it's really helpful. It's really lovely. It's also really nice because I know she's not watching me in the gym being like oh is that all she's doing oh she was running really slow you know i get kind of in my head big imposter syndrome girly over here so like it was so lovely it's so lovely to like and we we've gotten so in sync i'm basically becoming helen but like we text each other at the same time to be like gym tonight question mark we're so fucking on it i love us but yeah get a gym buddy they really help i go to fly fit i'm liking it i've had a weird encounter at fly fit not like extremely creepy weird just like low-key weird so i was at the gym and i was walking in and there's a guy was there who was let's say like he's from the same area as me he's in the parish will we say he's in the parish i guess we would go to the same christmas service we're also in the same voting area. I think that's the best way of describing that he's from Lucan. I think that was the best way to do it. Parish and voting. Nothing else says that you're from the same area as someone if you go to the same parish and you vote the same place. We don't like have the- I don't know what he votes. So God, I'm sorry. God. What was I supposed to say? Oh yeah. So I had this weird encounter. I was walking in. He was on the very last treadmill. So on the very edge. Some would say it's the first. Some would say it's the last. He was on that treadmill. I had to walk by him and like behind him to get to the treadmill I was going to because I don't like walking in between the bikes. So I got on my treadmill. I'm like putting my water bottle down. I'm like deciding what playlist to listen to. I'm just, I'm organizing myself. And I'm like looking around, just like gathering my space. And he is full on staring at me like bending over to look around and staring at me and I was like what the fuck so I like stopped looking and then I look back and he's still doing it so then I like made eye contact with him he didn't stay in the he then stopped looking no like smile no like hey uh, none of that he just stopped looking so weird and obviously paranoid me who hates herself was like he's looking at me being like damn she got fat or why is she here she's so fat oh my god i didn't know she got so fat basically about me having massive weight gain and it wasn't until me and eve were in the car together and eve was like yeah he was probably just trying to figure out if it was me or you because eve also has red hair i don't think we look anything alike but there you go so who knows if he was wondering if i was eve or if i was fat we don't know he's the same age as eve so that's why i'm like maybe he was wondering if it was eve either way creepalicious not a fan freaked me out don't really mind because he didn't stay in the gym that much longer i think he then realized oh fuck she has caught me staring at her i'm going to leave and close on this segment i love helen she's the best gym buddy in the world she's so motivating like you sent her a text and she's just like oh my god yes i'm so proud of you i love you you're amazing is that not just what you need is that not just exactly what you need someone supporting you the entire time she is it we love helen i will admit i am very compliment deficient no i need loads of compliments okay i need lots of self-assurance i love people being like oh my god you're amazing well done wow you're incredible because i don't think those things about myself i think those things about everyone else but me so that's why i love helen i love mihal i love lara i love nikki doll nicole from work well we're no longer in the same work she's in a different country anyway but like that's the shit i love that's the shit i need i need compliments there's no self-confidence so i need other people to like boost it up yeah i don't know if that explains it well i am aware that there's this weird american accent coming through i don't know why i don't know what it is i'm sorry there is a weird american accent coming through what i want to talk about next is 
I'm freaked. I am abusive. I think this is a really weird topic to talk about now. But anyway, it's on the notes. We're going into it. Juliana Shield, she is an ambassador for Women's Aid and she runs the podcast Elastic Bands podcast. And it's about abusive relationships from the perspective of the person who was abused. And I really enjoyed the podcast. However, she did a video where she was doing her makeup and she was just going over a couple of things that can be seen as abusive in relationships. Obviously, I think it's like more than one, like non-physical things. And I'm really scared that I am those things. Like, I'm really scared that I am controlling or I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm really freaked though that I am those things in a relationship because I am so insecure and I need lots of reassurance. But I am really worried that being with me is toxic. I do think being in a relationship with me is toxic and no one should ever do it. I am terrible to be in a relationship with. Apologies to my ex-boyfriend. I'm also really nice to be in a relationship with because like I cook, I clean, I care, I'm lovely, but like I just think the emotional downside of me makes me bad to be in a relationship with and I'm kind of freaked about that because am I gonna be alone for the rest of my short sad life? Probably. Woohoo! Moving on. No, but genuinely I am concerned that I have some manipulative, abusive tendencies. I think that's a lot to do with the stigma around having BPD, that people with BPD are manipulative narcissists who can be abusive. But when I listened to the video, I identified with some of the stuff and I'm not sure if I identify with some of the stuff because I feel like I did those things or I felt like I was that way or if I actually did those things. So I'm going to go through with you what the things on the video are. The first one she says is criticizing the way you dress, what you wear, makeup, the amount of makeup you wear, criticizing how you choose to present yourself. This I didn't really relate to, like I didn't think of myself as doing that. Obviously I was like, oh my god, I hate those shoes, but like it was like one-off occasion. Okay, next is telling you who you should and shouldn't be friends with. I don't think I ever did that either. Next one is demanding they have your password, looking through your phone and that sort of thing. Again, I don't relate to that part. The next one is acting out and blaming it on being drunk. Now, I would never have acted out and blamed it on being drunk, but I would. There are times that I've obviously gone psychotic in a relationship and I would have blamed it on my mental illness. Now, I don't ever think when I was psychotic I was abusive, but I'm also not entirely sure. The next one is threatening suicide or to hurt themselves if you break up with them. I didn't do this. I never threatened suicide. However, I did attempt suicide after we broke up, but it was for different reasons. As in, I didn't attempt suicide because we broke up. We broke up because I was going to attempt suicide and I had this plan. And now she's added, it includes using mental health to excuse toxic behavior. So this is probably the one that flashes out to me most because I would get insecure and I would cry a lot and I would ask probably a lot of questions and not in I don't think in like in terms of an evasiveness I think it was more asking questions for reassurance of if they did actually love me if they cared about me that sort of thing but I could see how that could be very hurtful towards them the next one is if they during an argument or even not during an argument they throw things they hit walls basically any form of physical intimidation this not me again the next one is making sexual advances at you even after you've said no and they persist doing so again not me It's really important that everyone knows that everything that happens or anything that happens after someone says no is coercion. 
or is assault. So I want everyone to know that. If that has happened to you, reach out to Women's Aid, reach out to someone who you trust to tell and open up about it because anything after you say no is a problem. The next point Juliana makes is that if you are on a night out without them and they're blowing up your phone, calling you nonstop, texting you nonstop, wondering what you're doing, that is also abusive. Now, that's actually not something I did. However, when I was drunk, I did like talking to my ex-boyfriend, but that was like when I was drunk. I don't, I'm still confused, you know, by all this sort of stuff. The reason I'm confused is I'm not sure if it's like we'd be having conversations and I'd be saying more than he would uh, like over text or on the phone call and I don't know then if that was him not being comfortable or what that's why I'm unsure like I'm just unsure as if the other person was okay I just I'm really I yeah I get freaked the next point she makes I also think is a bit of a it flashes up for me is if they have a really bad temper and you avoid doing things or saying things that will upset them to avoid this outburst so I don't have I don't actually have that bad of a temper but I do have very like explosive emotions I have BPD when I was in a relationship it was actually undiagnosed and the person was probably terrified so I don't know if they were avoiding telling me things because they thought I'd explode I don't know because I don't know what happened I don't know if what happened with them I don't know what they were thinking privately I do have very explosive emotions and that is one that like flashes up for me that I'm worried that someone wouldn't tell me something for fear I would explode, blow up, get angry, get sad, go psychotic, dot dot dot. Next is making you think that you are hard to love or that no one else will love you or that you are hard to put up with and therefore no one else will take you. I actually don't think I did this. I was like very supportive of my ex-boyfriend like moving on or even like I was like you are amazing, you're great I do feel all those things towards myself like I don't think anyone will ever love me I don't think I think I'm impossible to love so I actually don't have that one towards them but I do have that one towards myself to close Juliana states that none of these things will change if you think that this is just because it's the beginning of the relationship none of those things will go away that those are signs of abuse and that you should try and get out of it when it is safe for you to do so and contact women's aid or tell someone who you trust and get out of that situation. Women's Aid run this campaign called Two Into You and they actually have a quiz on their website which you can take to see if your relationship is abusive, toxic, unhealthy and if you're unsure, if any of those things stood out to you that I said, maybe go on the website, take the test, see how you feel, do some soul searching, talk to someone you trust and I wish you all the best. Okay, the next thing I'm gonna talk about is the green line test. And it's kind of along the same lines. It's talking about relationships, but it's it's like more fun. It's not to do with abuse or something scary. The green line test supposedly depicts who is more pulled into the relationship and who is pulling that person in. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like who loves the other one more, kind of, which I'm obsessed with because like I'm convinced. Obviously in every relationship, someone loves the other person more. Someone loves more, okay? I need to be in a relationship where I am loved more, but that will never happen. So the green line test is you look at all these photos of these these couples and you draw a green line and it's like a straight line of their axis. So if they're standing straight, straight line. If they're leaning, it's more diagonal. If they're lying down, obviously it's horizontal. No, wait. Yeah, horizontal yeah so I don't know if that makes sense does that make sense have I explained it well so a couple of photos from the green line test 
are of all the ones that I have seen that I'm like really invested in are the Pete Davidson ones so it's him in different relationships with different women and it is always him being pulled in towards them and I think that's why I was so interested in it because and they weren't even mentioning the fact that Pete has BPD that Pete has mental illness and I was like wow this actually makes sense they I think they were more getting at the fact like Pete gets with all these really attractive women and therefore he is more drawn into them but I actually think it's Pete is getting with people who are more mentally stable than him and have more have more concrete images of their self-image and who they actually are so he's being pulled in towards that because he wants that he wants he admires that part of them so if you're not sure in your own relationship who cares more get up a couple of photos of you and your significant other and draw the green lines and see whose line is straight vertical and whose line is diagonal and being pulled in it's so fucking interesting i have done it with a couple of people i know who are in relationships like just by myself looking at their relationships it's really interesting nothing it hasn't proven anything that like I didn't already know but anyway it's really interesting guys I'm loving the green line test if you put up a picture with your significant other you best believe that I'm looking now to see who's being pulled in and who's doing the pulling and it's not physical pulling it's not like someone actually pulling the person into the photo no it's just who is more centered in themselves or who is more self-assured in this relationship and who is clinging to the other person kind of that's kind of the vibe if you want to learn more look up the green line test guys it's so interesting once you've read up about it you like will unconsciously do it with photos you see of people and it works with friendships and relationships like romantic and platonic yeah I've looked at my old I looked back at my old relationship photos honey I was being dragged in honey 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 Suzanne cared more we already knew that but like significantly Okay, we're gonna get into my sushi story. I'm a big fan of sushi. I made a TikTok about this story and it didn't go viral in the sense of loads of people saw it. It just got a lot of likes, particularly compared to how many likes I would get. I usually get like three likes on a TikTok. I'm starting to get up to like the 27, 28 mark, sometimes 50. And this one got 150 likes, which is a lot so for my TikTok story. So I ordered sushi post therapy for 145. The delivery driver just called to say he's outside my house at 110. What if a cat or a seagull eats my sushi? Okay, guys, just off the bus. Um, I swear to God, I swear to God, if a cat or a seagull is eating my raw fish. This is my treat. Why are they ruining it? I power walking up my estate. Okay, I'm, I'm too on fit to power walk up my estate. It's on a hill. And I don't work out very much. Honestly, I'm going to take my little bit of it. Clearly, I'm not a person who works out. Like, can cats smell through plastic boxes and paper bags? Of course, they can smell through paper bags. Fuck! I really think a seagull is going to swoop down and take my raw fish. Okay, guys, home stretch. I can see my house. Oh, I'm so unhealthy. Just I got for all this weird breathing, I'm like. <gasps> Okay, guys, I can see it. I can see it. It looks intact. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There she is. There's my sushi. No cat or anything. Ooh, post. No cat or seagull ate my sushi. Got success freaking gum tree. Okay, because you guys stayed with me for this whole ordeal, I'll give you a haul of what I'm having. I go really basic with sushi, so it's just... Salmon sashimi? No, that's nigiri. Salmon nigiri and tuna hosmaki. 
And then I always order kids' noodles. Because they give so much in kids' noodles. And I'm a real basic bitch and I love noodles. So I always, always, like any takeaway I ever get, I get the kids' noodles or like the side noodles. And they gave me a tiny soy sauce. Like I have loads of soy sauce at home. But they gave me a tiny one. Like, come on, guys. You're 30 minutes early. You could have afforded to, you know, be a bit later, i.e. on time, and given me more soy sauce. Anyway, thanks for sticking with me, guys. No raw fish was eaten by cats, seagulls, birds, hedgehogs. I don't know. Like, I live in a wilderness area of a housing estate. There are animals all around. Did we enjoy that story? Did we love that? I should probably also mention the sushi place that we get from. It's in Leek's Lib. It's the only one for ages. So they have like a monopoly. They're always late, early, sometimes on time, very rarely. They fluctuate so much with their delivery. You are either waiting three hours, 15 minutes. It's there before you are. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't follow the rules. It doesn't matter if you put in the time you wanted to arrive at. It doesn't matter if you say ASAP. If you say ASAP, it could be in four hours. If you put in a time, there is most likely not going to be that time. They have such a monopoly. They like they know exactly what they're doing. And because it's so good, I keep going back. And because it's the only sushi place around, they know they can get away with that bullshit. Anyway, thank you for listening to my incredible sushi story that got me so many likes on TikTok. Okay, so maybe you know this and maybe you don't. I have abandonment issues. I'm convinced my family hate me that they want rid of me. I go through that a lot. So I have my mum's handwriting tattooed on my arm that says I love you and I have a note from my dad on my phone case that says hi Suzanne, I love you and I will see you later, love dad. Because I'm just convinced that they will leave me because they hate me. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, my family don't hate me. My family actually really love me. Here's a little story about how like my dad actually really loves me so much. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm allergic to oranges and I'm actually allergic to people eating oranges around me because it's my allergy to oranges is airborne. So if you're peeling an orange, you're getting that juice in the air. I'm going to come out in a rash. So my parents, my parents make a lot of jam and marmalade. And if you're from Lucan, you know that and you're like, yeah, we know. If you're not, there you go. There's a little insight. But when my parents make marmalade, when they're like cutting oranges and stuff, I can't be in the house because I will come out in a rash because it's so many oranges and it's in the air. Anyway, so I was home the other day and my dad was making marmalade and guys, he went out to the shed to cut the oranges. Like he was standing out in the cold shed to cut oranges just so I wouldn't come out in a rash. And I know some people would be like, yeah, so wash. But like, that's actually really sweet. That's so kind. Like he was freezing, freezing because our sheds aren't that warm because they're sheds and they're sheds that like house our many many freezers so like they're not they're not warm buildings they're not sheds that you would live in so that's just me saying that my dad really loves me it's me bragging me showing off actually while i was telling the story i had like this memory of so there was a guy this is this is related i swear there was a guy that i'd been getting with for a while you know we were a bit of a thing okay and he had been drinking something that was mixed with orange juice or like Fanta or something but it was really I could when we kissed I could taste the orange and I like oh so I was like yeah I can't get with you anymore if you keep drinking that because I'm going to come out in a rash not good sorry but like god imagine someone going down on you 
if they had iron if they had had oranges and like you're allergic to oranges oh my god and I'm already allergic to latex so like I actually do know what I'm envisioning now god anyway yeah so I was like yeah I can't keep getting with you if you keep drinking that so what does he do I know you're like oh my god he stopped drinking it that's so nice no he just got with someone else he just got with someone else so yeah he was being really nice that I wouldn't come out with a rash just hurt my feelings a lot but there you go so as I just mentioned I'm allergic to latex so if uh, my parents are in the other room I don't want to say this too loud anyway I'm allergic to latex it, there will be blisters that's all I'm going to say there I went to the gynecologist recently uh, I'm a gyno girly I have adenomyosis and part of going to the gynecologist is you get an internal ultrasound so the wand is like long and they put basically a condom over it but I'm allergic to latex so I always have to I'm supposed to get like latex free ones they never have latex free covers so I always have to bring a latex free condom that like always has to happen because they never have latex free covers they're not actually like condom shape actual covers but mine end up being anyway my gynecologist came in because he leaves the room and the nurse like stays with you while you're like getting up on the chair and stuff and she was going to put the cover on like the wand we'll call it and I was like oh I'm allergic to latex and she was like oh um uh and I was like well do you want me to give you a latex free condom and she's like that'd be great yeah 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 and then the gynecologist came in and he looked at it and obviously he could see that it was a condom and he just goes, oh yeah, she's not allergic to latex. Well, I probably should have told you that tonight. And she was like, ha ha, yes. Anyways, I have a really nice gynecologist. He is a man. People are, loads of people are shocked when I say that my gynecologist is a man. And that's like, okay, obviously you don't have a gynecologist. If you think it's surprising that my gynecologist is a man, that tells me you don't have a gynecologist because 90% of gynecologists are men. It, it's like mostly men. So my gynecologist is lovely. So I was having, I was having a checkup because of adenomyosis. I have really bad bleeding. Uh, I get really bad cramps and the muscle wall around my womb is torn. So it can cause infection and that sort of thing. And I also suffer from polycystic ovaries. So we go to the gynecologist. Anyway, he said to me, he was like, oh, um, he was like, oh my God, one of your ovaries is full of eggs. And the nurse was like, oh, that's lovely news for a Friday morning. And I was like, eh. And the gynecologist was like, means nothing to you, does it sound? I was like, couldn't care less. Because I am very infertile. So all the eggs that I have will, I don't know what the correct term is. Basically, they'll go off. They'll not be, they're they're not actually, I'm full of eggs. They're not fertile. They're dead. Uh, Because obviously she doesn't, like the nurse doesn't know my case well he does because he's my doctor and then my other ovary is covered in scar tissue so this is the ovary that I suffer worse with uh, cysts and when a cyst bursts it is so sore god it is painful and I know exactly what it feels like and when it's happening I know exactly what it is because I've gone through it so many times I used to be like hospitalized for it I now have the medication at home so that I don't have to travel with it because it's very painful to travel very uncomfortable if you have polycystic ovaries I get you he was like oh my god it's covered in scar tissue it has actually the adhesions has attached it to a different one of my organs so I'm having surgery in January to I'm getting my coil changed my coil is changed during surgery it's not done the normal way that people get coils so if you don't have a coil and you don't know how a coil is normally inserted it's usually there's no anesthetic there's no numbing agent if there is it's just like a spray numb and you're just given like painkillers like Ponston 
or Nurofen or paracetamol like it's and it's a very painful procedure but like there's just they don't I don't think the, the Irish system overly cares and it's just inserted like in your GP or in a clinic and they're attaching something to your cervix to your womb and you are awake anyway mine can't be done like that because my womb uterus whatever you want to call it is so damaged it's covered in scars it's misshapen because it's growing into a muscle it's not a normal looking uterus anyway so mine can't be done as a non-surgical just 30 minute procedure mine has to be I have to be cut open to have one put in I'm on a coil because it helps maintain the structure of my womb so it stops it from collapsing inward on itself and it also is for hormone release so sometimes I'm on the coil and the pill at the same time sometimes I'm just on the coil and sometimes I get lovely shots the shots I've usually gotten are in my hip or my stomach if you've ever seen a movie or or a tv show where someone's getting IVF and you're going through that and they're putting the hormones in and they get the injections in their stomach it's just like that I've only ever had those shots in my stomach or in my hips I think a few times in my back anyway this time around no 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 he pulls out this massive long needle massive oh my god guys it was terrifying massive long needle went up the vagina a needle up the vagina girls a needle up the vagina oh not well hotel so this massive long needle and i was getting a shot directly into my uterus like going up through the vagina and i he was like no don't move and i was like but it's all uterus up there but i guess for me it's not very sore a gross thing to have done they usually do it for like mothers who have just given birth so i was having it done to basically not let my body bleed for the come for like it's works for three months so it was so that my body wouldn't bleed because I bleed so much they give to laboring mothers who have lost too much blood so my surgery is in January which I know is not three months away but it's so that the process is easier and my recovery is quicker so in January I'm having a coil put in through surgery I'm having the adhesions removed from my ovary not the actual ovary the ovary can't be removed big sad because even though there will never be a baby to come out of my body due to the Irish government being the way it is I can't have those things removed. Yay. And some people are like, why don't you go to the UK? It's very difficult to go to the UK to have those things done and then come back and have an Irish doctor take you on as a patient. It's very difficult to have doctors take you on for a short term in another country for something surgical and for something that is very much like a big surgery. Obviously, if you need to get like your appendix out and you're in another country, that's fine. And like your Irish doctor will have no problem taking you back on. But if you're going over to another country to have a procedure done that is very much frowned upon in Ireland, very difficult to get your Irish doctor back on board to help you. So adhesions are being removed and then my womb gets like a good old cleaning out (laughs) this is probably really graphic but I also don't care because uterine health is super important so it's like they remove all the blood he's sewing up he's sewing up the sides of my womb which basically means that it like reinforces well it's actually not the womb he's sewing up like the lining of the muscle so it's to reinforce the muscle so that the womb can't break into it now if the womb does break in through those stitches he said it's going to be 10 times more painful but he's also like it's 10 times less likely to happen so that's gonna happen gonna go so 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 gonna have clean 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 remove all the dead tissue the dead muscle the adhesions because those things are all really prone to infection so we need to get rid of all those because i don't want an infection because 
because it's gross and also you just it's best to stay on top of these things because adhesions and dead tissue can then start to look like fibroids on scans and you don't want that because fibroids fibroids are very bad and if you've had a fibroid you know what I'm talking about and if not you can google it I don't feel like getting into it now because the podcast should be over and it's not also going to the gynecologist I get really stressed about what to wear to the gynecologist because you are going to be Winnie the Pooh naked from the waist down you can keep your socks on don't worry but like no undies no trousers no nothing okay so I always get like stressed about what to wear this time I think I did like the perfect job so I wore like a really long knit jumper so that when I was standing up punani booty covered and when I would look down I'm on the like table chair thing covered I don't see myself obviously they give you that like sheet that paper sheet that is not a sheet like doesn't really like cling to your body it's just kind of like kind of like a tent hangs over it not great and that gets binned like that's why it's that and not like a fabric one because it's touching against your naked body and then it needs to be disposed of and burned don't wear leggings to the gynecologist if you've never been to the gynecologist and you're going to have your lady looked at your vagina looked at don't wear leggings. Taking off leggings is so difficult and putting back on leggings is so difficult. You don't really want to wear anything too tight that's going to also be too tight to that area of your body because if you are going in and you get a an internal scan, you can be quite sore after that because the wand is quite big. Or even just having someone like rooting around in there can be quite painful. Some people say wear skirts or dresses, but only wear like a skirt or a dress that's flowy and that's like really easy to pull up. Don't wear one that's like very structured because pulling that up annoying difficult to do how to prepare for the gynecologist when I was a kid I was really freaked because I started going to the gynecologist I think when I was around 16 and I was really like oh my god someone is going to be looking at my vagina like gross scary also because this person is looking at your vagina not in a sexual way so they don't see your vagina like I'm never uncomfortable with a lad like a lad not my male gynecologist like a lad who I'm gonna get with looking at it because I'm like ah he wants it let's be honest he's like mmm vagina my gynecologist isn't looking at it like mm, vagina he's looking at it being like what the hell is that thing growing outside of it anyway one time I did have a nurse there they were holding the scans up in front of me in front of my lady bits but I couldn't see that and I just see her pointing and she's like pointing right at my vagina and going what's that there is that a problem I was and I looked down and I was like wait what is there something wrong with it and she was like oh no we're looking at your scans and they hold up my scans and the gynecologist was like oh yeah that's just an adhesion I was like oh my fucking god guys maybe hold the pictures up so that I can like see the back of the photos if you're like how do I prepare for the gynecologist all you have to do is just go in clean vagina like show the day you're going no it doesn't have to be shaved no it doesn't have to not be shaved like you can have a whatever way you like I got this talk when I was like 16 and the first time I went to the gynecologist because the nurse was obviously like oh my god this poor little child this poor little angel baby has to go to the gynecologist and she's like it's okay don't worry we've seen them all we know ex- we know that they all come in different shapes different sizes don't worry there's no need to be sensitive or scared about what it looks like and as I've gotten older I've gotten a lot better at not caring because I'm just like ah whatever in the same way you don't care what your ear looks like when the doctor's looking inside your ear I don't know if that was a good analogy so you can just go as is you don't need to like shave you don't need to spray it with anything there's no need to like make sure that it smells like cookies don't do that you'll give yourself a yeast infection I think we're done with the big sister gyno tips I think I'm done there guys Larry of Paris well she's now Larida of Canada is home so it's her graduation this week. Everybody texted 
her congratulations on graduating. Wow, we're so proud of you. Not everyone can graduate, i.e. me. Clara is home. I got to see her, guys. It was so good. It was so soul cleansing. It was so good. I was low-key in... I was got it insecure right before I was about to leave my house because, like, I was, like, practicing what I was going to say. Like, be like, oh, my God, so good to see you. And then, out of nowhere, this this sentence came out of my head excuse the weight gain Suzanne what are you doing there's no need to excuse your weight gain your weight gain is what it is but I was so insecure because I was like oh my god I haven't seen Lara for six months I know I have gained weight in the last six months is she gonna be like wow Godzilla who is this she wasn't obviously she was like I've seen your videos like I've seen your TikToks where you do a outfit of the days. I've seen your full body in the past six months. It's not like I'm shocked. And she was like, and you look the exact same. But she also said that she got that as well. Like, cause obviously when we video call, we only see each other's shoulders. So she was like, and heads. We only see each other's shoulders and heads. And she was like, oh my God, what if I've like changed loads and people don't, like people like think I look bad now. Anyway, she doesn't. She looks perfect as always. Guys. She is amazing. She's so funny. She's also like, I think Lara was one of my first friends that I opened up to about having an eating disorder. So you just know she's a great person. So we were having great chats, great laughs, talking about everything and everything. So good to have her back, guys. I really needed it. I just, sometimes you just need your best friends to come home and give you a big hug and tell you the things you need to hear. Is that my rant? My gushing love poem about Lara over? I think so. But I was, I was telling Lara about my job interviews that I've had over the past while and we both had to do like presentations this week for job interviews. Hers was on like inflation and mine was on Instagram and TikTok and social media. Very different. But I was giving my presentation to her, like as in I was showing it to her. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually so boring. And I was like, don't worry, I was saying a lot more during the presentation. But now I'm like, was I? Was I? Who knows? So I was doing a presentation for a social media assistant job presenting on what I think like the TikTok needs kind of sort of thing that sort of vibe and I have a trial this week I also have a job interview tomorrow the day this comes out guys I hate who I am during job interviews I hate the person I become I know it's rooted in self-loathing and like self-insecurity but I become this very like peppy preppy happy absolutely kind of girl which I'm not like I am I am the more cynical type of person I would be a more opinionated person I'm not as absolutely can do I have more input usually than that but with job interviews I just want them to like me and because I am not confident enough in my abilities or knowledge I'm like yeah totally yeah totally yeah amazing oh yeah of course and I hate that because then I'm like I feel like I'm robbing myself of the opportunities and I become someone who says like girly all the time I know I've said girly during this and every time I've said it I'm like am I that person am I that person who says that I guess so but I become very much flamboyant yeah totally amazing kind of American I think which I know I have also been throughout all of this what what am I trying to tell you guys I don't know but every time I do a job interview I kind of hate who I am afterwards I have this moment where I'm like I cannot believe I said that I can't believe I didn't say how I really felt about something just because I want these people to like 
me. Also, the most, the presentation I had to do, it felt very much like, I was like, oh my God, because if I don't get it now, I'm literally being judged on my creativity, not my level of education, not my experience, not anything else, just my creativity, just my ideas. Like, yikes. Obviously, it worked out. I have a trial coming up this week. I don't know if they actually want me. I don't actually, I don't really super feel like they want to hire me. Who knows? (laughs) I kind of always feel like that though. I never think people want me. Hopefully for my job interview tomorrow, I can just, you know, be honest and open. I've actually interviewed for this company before. So this would be like actually like my third interview with this company, but it's for a different role now. Yeah. And I actually do really like the company. And the last time I turned them down because I got a different job, but this time around, hopefully they don't turn me down. Hopefully they don't like return the favor. I am well and truly in my spending era. Well and truly. So I met up with Hannah the other week. We went for, we went for brunch in Metro Cafe. Metro Cafe is my favorite cafe, okay? I feel like I could do a list of places where I love and really recommend. Not gonna do that right now. I have the perfect, I I know exactly which restaurants you should go to for what different kinds of dates. If you're ever unsure where to go, send me a text, I know guys. I know all the great places. Let me influence you. No. So myself and Hannah went to Metro. I actually don't want that many people to start going to Metro because then it'll become super busy and I don't want that. Like I always want to be able to go to Metro. I love it. Their breakfast buddy is my life. I try and always get the egg on the side because I don't like egg and bread. I don't think they go together but sometimes I'm just too lazy and sometimes I just do it anyway. Hannah is so fucking supportive. Like Hannah is fully on board with my spending era. Okay. Hannah, I'm the only person that Hannah actually supports smoking. She just, yeah, guys, she's pretty great. Like, everybody should get themselves a Hannah. So we went to Loot. I was actually in Loot and I was in there because Hannah woke up late. So then I was like just moseying around the shops and I was in Loot and the girl was like, oh my God, can I take your photo? And I was like, oh my God, okay, Jesus, famous. And then Hannah, when I was telling her the story, she didn't know where Loot was. So I like took her to Loot and I bought myself a really nice leather jacket. Guys, I'm well and truly in my spending era, okay? Leather jacket. And I was like, oh, I'll just get my mom to give it to me for Christmas. But then I kind of was like, oh wait, Can I then wear it before Christmas if it's a Christmas present? I don't know those rules. I don't know those rules very well. So, hee hee. I bought myself an 150 euro leather jacket. It is real leather. It's oversized. It's fun. It fits my dad, but like that doesn't actually mean that it's super oversized on me. I'm quite large. Anyway, then we went to the useless flea market in Workman's. Hannah had never been to Workman's and we were sitting inside. We had gotten free drinks. Absolute, we're doing free drinks and we were sitting in the smoking area drinking them. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't been in Workman in ages and she goes is this workman's there's a bright neon sign in the smoking area that says workman's now don't worry she repaid the favor by getting me she was showing me helen's response to the be real we took i'm not on be real i don't need a reminder of how depressed i am every day knowing that every day i'm just in bed and i was just like the hair the girls like couldn't read so don't worry. We were at the useless flea market and guys, it's massive, okay? It literally spans, it's three different floors. And you know how Workman's is like just a bunch of rooms, like you're just walking from one room to the next room, to another room, to another room. I haven't even been to all these rooms inside Workman's. I don't think they're all open when it's a nightclub. So many rooms, the very downstairs, at the very back, 
that's where I'm gonna have like my world hot dog appreciation day party because I don't do birthdays anymore ever since I found out that like my life expectancy is shit celebrating my birthday just doesn't feel great like I don't like counting down and I also don't like celebrating a life that I don't super enjoy this year for my well next year for my birthday instead of having a birthday party and I don't want anyone to wish me happy birthday please don't wish me happy birthday I'm gonna have a world appreciation hot dog day or something as a party so that everyone still gets to come together everyone still gets to party but no one has to wish me a happy birthday or get me a present or remind me that I am alive thank you so much I'm gonna have it there there's so many rooms it's so quirky the downstairs the very downstairs it's so fun it's like 80s 90s there's a stage I didn't know this place existed we were there and we saw loads of like there was an independent designer called dog's dinner and she does corporate but sexy and I really recommend you all follow her on instagram dog's dinner so she's doing like the blazers with the matching skirts she's doing suits she's doing really fun rock and roll level skirt she's vibe and a half anyway I didn't buy any of her stuff because guys I literally just spent 150 euro on a jacket anyway then we're at another stall and this was called I think it's called cultivate oh my god I was calling it curate I think it's called cultivate fuck I'm gonna look them up now cultivate vintage it's either cultivate vintage or curate vintage but I'm nearly positive it's cultivate okay let's look it up okay guys it is cultivate I was calling it curate for the past week it's cultivate vintage so I was at their stall and there was a leather jacket it's up on their feed should I say this leather jacket it's red and white and black it's motorcycle style and I bought it I tried it on she zips up on me she's cute Hannah tried it on I do think it looked better on Hannah I still bought it anyway I'm a bad friend no Hannah said she wasn't gonna buy it so and it was 130 originally 150 but she was like because it's the end of the day I didn't even try and haggle but she was so lovely she was like because it's the end of the day I'll give it to you for 130 so lovely such a nice girl she does Revolut or cash but like I don't carry that much cash on me so I bought two leather jackets both for the value of 150 euro however I spent 150 and 130 which is 280 I think I'm really bad at math but I think it's 280 than I spent on jackets two leather jackets I've worn one of them loads this week I haven't worn the other one because like the other one one of them makes any outfit a fit and the other one has to go with a fit does that make sense I think that makes so much sense. Yeah, I actually wore the one I got in loot to a job interview. And leather jacket to a job interview. It was, it's a fashion-y job, so it's fine. Guys, I'm obsessed. And my spending era, I've spent even more. I bought a skirt after therapy the other day. I'm spending like crazy on Depop. I don't care, guys, okay? It also is such a motivator for me to stay alive because I'm like, oh my God, I just got this new piece. I have to style it into an outfit before I die. Really weird motivation to stay alive, but that's what it is. That's what's keeping me a going there's also this new vintage shop in town called collected treasure i really like it it's just lovely it's cool girl vibes i'm a fan collected treasure in dublin look it up they might even have an online store i don't actually know what topic am i talking about next let's find out i usually don't love christmas because for anyone who doesn't know christmas was a time when I really struggled and I, trigger warning, attempted to take my own life. So I'm not a massive Christmas girl anymore. 
I used to be a lot more into it when I was younger as I've gotten older. I think it's because no one can give me the gift that I want and that is like happiness and to like enjoy life and to not want to die and to not feel empty and alone and all those things which no one can give you. I'm just like born absent of them. But this year one thing that's really making me excited for Christmas is people's Christmas presents. What presents I'm actually getting people. Usually I'm very much like right I'm gonna spend a thousand euro on one specific person that I love so much because I get obsessed with people as we all know. Anyway this year I'm not doing that. This year everyone's present is pretty similar. They're kind of all connected. Everyone's, it, there's like a theme to the presents I'm giving out this year and I'm really excited. So I've ordered all the pieces for people's presents and I'm just waiting for them to arrive so that I can like package them up and send them on. I know it's like November. It's a month till Christmas Eve. I haven't even told my mum what I want for Christmas. For anyone who doesn't know, my mum is my, the Santa in our house. And she's so funny. She's always like, if I don't get a list, no one's getting anything. My mum never would ever leave someone without a present. She's a sweetheart. But the past few Christmas, I've never know. I don't know what I want because I'm, I get very depressed during Christmas. You know, it's cold, it's dark, all those things. I don't actually know what I want, but I'm very excited to give other people their presents. Okay. And now it's our last topic. For our final topic, um, we're going to talk about childhood trauma. I'm not actually going to get into detail about what my childhood trauma is, but I am going to talk more about learning to accept it, learning to talk about it, learning to not hide it away. So I have struggled with mental health most of my life. I was a very sensitive, anxious child and therefore what, what happened to me, what I call my trauma or what medical professionals have decided is my childhood trauma affected me more than it probably would have affected other people but that's the same with most things so like you can have identical twins who have gone through the exact same childhood and one will develop mental health issues and the other one will be fine that's just the way we are brain chemistry and all that however there are two ways of thinking that people can have when they are mentally ill particularly when they have a condition that is caused by trauma response so bpd is like bpd is caused by trauma response. So the two trains of thought are, one is I am born like this, even if I had a perfect childhood, even if nothing had ever bad happened to me throughout childhood or adulthood, I am, I would be like this. I would have this gaping hole inside me. I would have this headspace no matter what happened. And the other train of thought is no trauma happened to me and therefore I am the way I am because of this trauma. I adapted due to what happened. So I am very much, I've always kind of lived my life and I am very much self-directed by the thoughts that I am like this. Nothing could have changed it. This is who I am. I am this empty gaping hole of sadness, despair. I will always be like this. That is how I feel about myself. And that is how a lot of my decisions are made. So I always think that I am the problem in every issue. I never think that there someone else is in the wrong. It's always me. I have to be the person to fix it. I have to be the person to overachieve my issues. And that's not good because it leads you to accept treatment you don't deserve. It leads you to become very hopeless you know because I am the way I am and I believe I will never change it makes living very difficult so my therapist wants me to start not 
not to ever think we're not trying to get rid of the thoughts that I am the way I am and nothing could change that no we're just trying to identify maybe more with the trauma happened to me and that's what I am like this and just kind of let that guide me like those feelings of something happened to me and this is why I'm reacting like this as opposed to no matter what I am this and we're working a lot with that and part of that is you know saying out loud what your childhood trauma is I'm not going to do that on this I don't think it's necessary for me to do that but I did end up having a very hard conversation with my parents actually last night because you know I've been working on it with my therapist and I had it's come up before in therapy and with doctors and every time they've said it I'm like yeah okay but there were people that were there that you know witnessed this trauma happen and they don't talk about it they didn't say at the time that it was bad it wasn't happening to them and that they don't remember it there was also people there who they didn't step in at the time which made me always think well then it wasn't wrong you know it must have been right and I'm just broken for feeling these ways because of it like I'm broken for thinking the way I think about this thing not that this thing has made me think brokenly about it I don't know if that is clear so I was sitting with my parents and it's very difficult to discuss childhood trauma particularly with your parents because your parents are the people who are it's their job to protect you when you are a child and to tell them that something traumatized you as a child is very difficult so I was crying and I've been through my through therapy and all this I've gone through phases of when I think about this trauma of anger of rejection of denial I've gone through different emotions with it mostly there is anger because I as a child looking back I think the child's me should have been protected more childhood me should have been looked out for more and it's really unfortunate that I wasn't now I wouldn't say that it was due I'm not saying that it was someone's fault and I also don't think that this trauma came out of malintent and you have to become very adult in looking at it to accept it I think you can't think of it wait you can't think of it through the lens of your your childhood eyes because then you're not accepting it because as a child you didn't accept it as a child it traumatized you and to learn to accept it you need to look at it from different angles so you need to look at it how it affected you as a child how it's affecting you now what other people would have thought when they saw it what other people did and what the person who did it to you was thinking what their intent was you have to examine all these things and it's exhausting it's really difficult and there's a lot of writing like I was doing I was doing a lot of writing out because I was only ever opening up to professionals about it never to people within my family because anytime I did mention it to my within my family it was oh I don't remember that oh that's not how it happened no and I just don't feel comfortable letting that out so it's been a lot of me doing the work by myself writing it down and it kind of does it helps when you I've written about the situations that happened and I've written about it from other people's perspective so from my perspective as a child and now as from my perspective looking back on it I've also written about it from the perspective of someone who would have seen it and I've also written about it from the perspective of the person who did it 
finish. I'm also able because of this trauma to say even though with this person I did not have good memories with it meant that my relationship with other people became so much stronger meant that I valued other things so much more because I have experienced this and part of accepting your trauma even if it is something horrific which usually it is if it's traumatized you trauma is wrong and going through trauma is terrible but there is things that you can look at and say well I gained this out of it so for me I am I got so many other great relationships with other people because they didn't treat me how this person treated me for me I was a much more sensitive child possibly I don't know if it's because this was happening to me from a very young age or if it's just I was born sensitive I'm not sure but because of that I'm much better at maintaining friendships with people than my older sisters because I know exactly what it takes to upset someone because I can really read people's faces partially because I'm trying so hard not to upset them but because I'm so sensitive I'm very good at reading other people and their emotions and that is a benefit and we worked on that at the beginning myself and this therapist when we started with me coming to terms with the fact that I have BPD and part of coming to terms with the fact that you've BPD, BPD, it is trauma response. Like it's, that's what it comes out of. And I always was like, I don't have any trauma. It makes no sense that I have this. Everyone else who has this has gone through something so hard. My life is grand. And I'm like, oh, the worst thing that happened to me was chronic pain. But I had BPD before I had chronic pain. So... I was like, it makes, it doesn't make sense. And obviously now I'm accepting this childhood trauma and I had talked about it before with doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, but now I'm kind of owning it, I'm accepting it. And I was, I told my parents about it. So last night I got very upset and really angry and I was really struggling to say it. And the voices were telling me not to say it because as soon as I say it, you could be disowned. You could be told no. You could be denied of this again. You know, you could be not accepted. You could be rejected. This will not go well. Don't say anything. And before that would have won, those voices would have won over and I would have spent the nights and the days crying about this thing that I couldn't be honest about because I knew people didn't want it, didn't want to hear it, didn't want to accept it, didn't want to know about it. However, I told my parents because because I knew I had to. I knew I had to because I mentioned the word trauma and from that I could see their faces drop and they were obviously trying to figure out what it was and I couldn't let them live with that question of what that what actually happened to Suzanne. Did this happen? Was this did you know? And so I told them it was really difficult and I cried the whole time. <laughs> It was strange because my mum was a, my mum was, my mum didn't reject me. My mum is not a very rejecting person, but I really didn't think that what I said was going to be accepted. And it was. And my parents were extremely understanding. And I don't know if that's because they have done the course in caring for someone who has BPD. I don't know if, if they've learned it through that or what. They have obviously gotten so much better dealing with my psychotic breakdowns, like we all have. But I just, I, I wanted there to be a positive story about mental health thing that coming forward and telling my parents did actually help and yeah they've put me they've put things in place that will keep me safe from having to revisit those things or having to think about those things or live with those things and 
I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. I don't think I'll ever, I'm never going to be healed from this trauma, I don't think. But just to, I'm working on accepting it and I'm working on accepting it and just acknowledging that it is what it is and I can't change it, but I can learn from it and not learn from it in a negative headspace, but learn from it in a rational adult headspace. And on that note, sorry, I also had a psychotic breakdown today in the middle of, in the middle of recording, there was a storm and I was, I had actually paused and I was editing and there was a storm outside and I looked outside and the sky was on fire obviously the sky wasn't on fire because that doesn't happen the sky was on fire I called my mom and I thought people were coming into the house I thought there were people in the house loud bangs crashes wind all of that scares the shit out of me and yeah I ended up Eve had to come home I was curled up on the couch I was holding a knife and I was terrified and yeah basically they sedated the hell out of me and I slept. I slept for like four hours even though I woke up late today but yeah I got really scared and really upset and I genuinely I thought there was people inside the house. I thought there were people hiding behind the couch. I thought there were people trying to break into my house and I thought the sky was on fire so it wasn't great. I was supposed to end on a positive note with the whole oh I'm dealing with my trauma. I don't know if that's positive. Um, Let me think really quickly of a positive note. Okay, here's my really happy note to end it on. After two, I've had two one night stands, will we say? I've had two. Both times I've met their mom. Is that not so embarrassing? Now they weren't really one night stands because I knew them, but both times I have met their mom. A one night stand where you meet the mom either the next day or like that night. No, not a good sign. Not a good sign. Run away, run away. This is the problem. Seeing people who live in Dublin. We all live with our parents. There's a housing crisis. We're fucked. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sipping and Spilling with Suze. I try and do a new episode every Friday. There wasn't one last week. Hopefully there will be one next week. Like, rate, share, send it to a friend, you know, pass on the good word that Suzanne is a podcaster. Ew. And and yeah, like and follow my own Instagram at Suze the Muse, at Suze the Muse on TikTok. Thank you so much. I love you all. If you would like to be interviewed, please message me. I have had a few messages already and I'm just, I'm in the arranging process of scheduling people. But if you would also like to be interviewed or if you just want to like hang out sometime, message me. Thank you so much. Bye.